listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, where Dan and I are going to dive deep into a dynasty discussion. Man, really rolling the Ds on that one. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a nice triple D there, Bob. (laughs) Diners, drive-ins, and dynasty. (laughs) Dan, what's going on? Take me to Flavortown, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a flavorful dynasty discussion, Dan. What's going on, buddy? Same old, same old. Uh... This is like a not really a new thing for us because we've been in that one dynasty dynasty league going three years now. But uh, we've been engaged in some pretty heated traded discussions lately. And uh, for what we're talking about today, like if you want fantasy football all year round, uh, like, you know, you and I mostly talk about this all year round. uh, Dynasty is a format for you for sure, because only in. Um, May and June, are you making deals and trading players and stuff like that? And uh, it's really a lot of fun. In fact, I was talking to the person we were dealing with yesterday, and I could hear in the background his wife go, "What month is this?" <laughs> <laughs> that's like, always great. Yeah, that's that's true. It's it's a little absurd, but it kind of is what it is. So yeah i got that when i was doing my dynasty draft over the past month it's like really like i thought you guys do this in august i was like well, <laughs> yeah well, well that's well, just the way it happens nicole yeah now it's a year-round gift it's just, the gift that keeps on giving all year round exactly so yeah we're gonna we've uh, had a couple people ask about this and uh, i think the time was right i wanted to wait until after uh my startup draft i know you have been in a startup league we're just getting ready for our rookie only draft so i, I think this was a good time to yeah. finally talk dynasty and and go through the differences what we like don't like how we approach things that that type of discussion especially yeah because we've been in trade talks it feels like the entire week this week so so dan um before we get started with it i do want to cover just a few bits of news uh that's out there and it's it's a little slow but two players that that could be uh fantasy relevant this year but anything new i mean we're recording this on a saturday what do you got going on this weekend anything fun (laughs) no i'm being an adult this weekend bob and doing a bunch of yard work (laughs) oh yeah i'm trying to i guess be back in college, but hopefully without the hangover. I'm going to uh, <laughs> to a wedding uh, in a couple hours here, so we're we're getting this in in the morning on Saturday before you be an adult and I be uh, a college kid once again and yeah. drink way too much alcohol. I'd much rather be you, although I'm saying that now, not tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. I probably will feel differently. Yeah, I was hoping tomorrow would be like nice because uh, we've got uh, my cousin's son's high school graduation, and it's going to be at a place with a pool. So I figured I could just swim my hangover away in a nice <laughs> pool. But yeah, it's not even going to be seventy degrees. I think tomorrow, which is lovely. Good luck with that, my friend. Yeah. So and then, um, so next week, Dan, I think if we get in one more show the following week, I will be out on vacation. So we will have uh, the week of the 10th I believe it is Uh, we will not be doing a show because I will be at the beach and I barely want to even look at my cell phone during that week yep nope I completely agree you take the time off and we'll be back better than ever the week after that sounds Greg Dan Greg (laughs) so yeah Dan let's get into a few bits of news here before we get into the dynasty discussion Um, this player this might be the most polarizing player going into this year uh, which is surprising because he's been the best over the past two years but there's a lot of polarizing players i feel like going into this season there's a lot of question marks all over the place frankly yeah so dan the rams gm less need said todd Gurley is unlikely to play in the preseason which to me is not a surprise but what do you do with him if you're in really any type of league right now Man, uh, so this is a little bit different than, you know, last season uh, we had to deal with what are you going to do with Lev Bell? Right. Uh, I was in the camp. I mean, I guess you can draft him, but I'm not counting on him being there. And, you know, this one's a little bit different because it's not necessarily a holdout. It's not contract related. It's all health related. And and frankly, I I think – it's going to be just you're just going to have to see how the preseason plays out but you cannot you cannot 
pass on him. You know, if he's there and you can draft him, you've got to. You can't pass on him. Um, so in redraft leagues, uh, I'm still taking him in the first round if he's there um, when I'm drafting. Um, if, I, if there's not another player, like if I'm in the first one or two picks, I'm probably not grabbing him there because there's other players I like more. But definitely within that top five, absolutely within the top ten first round. Uh, in, in dynasty so- leagues, uh, that that one I, I actually might change my tune a little bit because as we'll discuss here later uh dynasty leagues you're getting players from more than just that one season so there's a bigger investment in somebody like Todd Gurley so if this is a nagging knee injury uh and you have him kind of as your number one running back in that dynasty backfield uh you're using one of your most valuable picks on somebody who you don't know is going to be able to play long term so you need to set yourself up long term and I'm not sure Todd in the terms of you know his health right now uh you know there's a little bit of a question mark there for me yeah so i don't know what to think about this because i was the one that was all about like going back to lev bell just draft him he's going to be back at some point even if it's half a right. season and right. I, got, I got burned and especially in best ball leagues where i never had the chance to use him so Boy, I, you're not going to get really any insight unless if it turns really bad for Todd Gurley. So if he's going for surgery or something, I doubt you'll hear really anything during the preseason. So, right. you know, in a spot where I'm at where it's the turn, I'd like to maybe see. I mean, I think he would slip into the second round if it gets to the turn portion of it. And then that where, depending on who I would go with I, I would maybe take a look at him because yeah i mean <clears throat> if he is even in a committee he's still going to be dominant the guy just scores so right. many touchdowns right um but boy it's yeah it's weird in dynasty i know and i'm sort of glad this didn't go through we had said let's try and go after this guy and maybe see if his price point's too low but the more that comes out it's like <sighs> I don't know how much I'd be willing to really give up in total for him because, you know, what if it is, okay, one more year and he's great and then the knee just completely gives out on him. Then right. your investment right. is basically done for at that point. The other thing is is that there, there are bigger things at issue here for Ty Gurley than our fantasy drafts and things like that. Yeah, right. So you need to think about that too. Like what are the real-life implications? Like I'll be honest. Like if if I am a 30 or a young 20-some millionaire and I have already several million dollars in the bank, I, I'm one of the biggest stars in the NFL. Uh, I'm from what, what all accounts show a, a nice guy. Uh, who could be in, in media, uh, why am I going to risk the chances of being able to walk around and be normal uh, for one more season of football? If it's that bad and it's to the point where it's like a nagging injury and stuff like that, you know, maybe he just hangs it up. Who knows? I mean, we've seen people retire early because they don't want to deal with the injuries later in life. Uh, so that's something that, you know, could come into play. Uh, at the same time, you know, I know that guy's probably – just like anybody else who plays football and just wants to play. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, so. And this is where dynasties, your mentality has to be different with players. So. Oh, yeah. For sure. So, yeah, Dan sounds like he's willing to go top five, top six, latest top ten. I would probably go on the turn if I'm on the turn and, and look to see if he falls to the second round uh, in redraft leagues. And What if you're right there smack dab in the middle, Bob? Where you're, you're, you're number five in the 10-team league. Todd Gurley's there. Are you taking him? No, I'm taking Melvin Gordon. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, who hasn't been necessarily? The I was going to say either, some, but there's some injury risk there as well. But but he's uh, he's always just one or two games. It seems like sure. So sure. and then you could definitely get. You saw that Eckler's passable as a fill in if needed. So oh, for sure. Um, and yeah, those two will come up in the discussion later. And then Dan, another guy, um, Delaney Walker has been cleared for seven on seven drills. He had that gruesome ankle injury at the end of the year (laughs) he's uh entering his age 35 season but was playing really well he seemed like to be the only consistent weapon for Mariota. uh if he's back healthy is this a guy maybe if you're really just waiting you take a flyer on at the end i think if you're waiting on tight end why wouldn't why not give it a try uh i mean what do you got to lose uh am i i'm not taking him earlier than double digit rounds right yeah uh, ever And it's a situation where, you know, he's been one of the best tight ends for a while. Uh, but 
I mean, it, he's creeping up there in age, but there's not really many other tight ends there. Uh, I, I don't know. I'll see how, how the camp plays out and things like that. Um, but if, if you're hurting, I mean, let's be honest, it's the wasteland. So you got to kind of find help where you can get it. Uh, and if for some reason, some way, somehow Delaney Walker catches fire uh, for a game or two, you're getting more out of that position than most people are getting out of it. So uh, why not? Why not take a, a late round flyer on him in a redraft league? Yeah, dynasty think... dynasty league. Don't even touch him. <laughs> yeah, I mean you could probably you could maybe get him off the waiver wire for a game or two if you need to fill him, but it's not somebody you need to waste a draft pick on. Yeah, if he's healthy and he shows, yeah, redraft. Why not? If you're just gonna wait, it could do worse than that. So, yeah, Dan, those were the just the two player topics I wanted to touch base on. There's not really much more. I mean, I see Cam Newton's resuming throwing, but we'll get more on that. Uh, Jack Doyle's could be cleared by mid June, so that's gonna be interesting to see with him and Ebron. But those were the two players I wanted to to cover in a little bit of depth here. But uh, Dan, if you're ready, uh, I'm ready to talk some dynasty football ball here let's do it dynasty discussion so dan how would you describe dynasty football for those that are new maybe thinking about it haven't done it how, how would you put it into words so the best way i would describe it is uh where I think you're thinking one season uh, in redraft leagues, obviously. You're getting a new team every year. Um, but I would describe Dynasty as you need to think about the long term in terms of uh, how can I get a position player who's going to be competitive and producing for more than one season. Um, so it's really thinking not necessarily how am I going to be this year? It's how am I, what's my team going to look like two years from now? Uh, cause I think in my opinion, your redraft league drafts will look, should look completely different, uh, than your dynasty league drafts. So it, to me, it's a, it's a long-term commitment as opposed to the short term, short term rewards uh of redraft leagues yeah to me i almost think about it as if you want to be an nfl gm i mean this is pretty much as close as it's going to get for for most of us it's you're designing a team that can possibly win now but can also maintain a a winning culture for the long right so right there there comes points and dan we might get into this that you're sort of on that fence of you're going to be a contender you're not going to be a contender so how do you rebuild one way or the other so and that's a tough choice especially when you're starting out um in a completely new format so you're starting out your very first dynasty league and and you cannot draft that like you're drafting your redraft leagues. You, you have to think about player age. You have to think about uh, potential future production and things like that because, uh, I mean, you could leave, leave your team dead in the water for a season or two if you're not thinking that way, even in you know brand new formats and stuff like that. But uh, it's a lot of fun. It's like I said before, if you want year round fantasy football action, that's pretty much the only format you're going to get that in. Yeah, so basically, for for those that might be new to it, Dynasty League is basically you control players for as long as you want, you know. So, uh, for instance, in in our league where we picked up a team uh, three years back, we had the pleasure of drafting Christian McCaffrey. In theory, we own that player's rights in fantasy football in that league. Forever. Forever, if we want. You know what I mean? Forever. Yeah, so you have control of players. Um, Normally big rosters, so waiver wires can get slipped. Um, This is a league type that should be. You can find gems. You can find gems here and there on those waiver wires. You do. You did that for us. Honestly, we've done better on waivers than we have in the past couple years drafting yeah i mean it's it's been <laughs> weird so right um so yeah and, and it should be a league where if if you want a league where there should be more trades this is the type of league because you don't have really much on the waiver to go and pick up and you've got draft capital that should be in discussion you know when doing trades so you have more leverage to complete trades in this type of league as well so those are a few dynamics that are going to be different than your redraft league settings it's also a situation where you can offer up future 
draft picks. So, um, and the other thing is, is early on, uh, like right now, you can offer draft picks for 20, 2020. Um, I, I'm hesitant to do that in terms of giving them, not giving them, but accepting those because you don't know where that team's going to end up. It, it could be the, the last pick in the rookie draft, which right. is not necessarily always the most valuable. Um, usually, you, if you get a top five pick, uh, usually you're in pretty good shape. This this dynasty draft, I think, is a little bit thin, but all rookie, I mean. But um, I think it's a situation where you can, if you're looking to kind of say, okay, I, I want something other than just straight up player exchanges and stuff like that. This is the only format that you're going to be able to do future draft picks and things like that. Also bring those in the mix, which makes for an interesting trades um, because, you know, it depends on how you value those picks and the person you're dealing with. How do they value those picks? Too? Yeah, because there could be a totally different mindset and then you're having discussions outside of that. So for sure. So, Dan, what do you like about Dynasty Leagues in comparison to regular redraft leagues? Um, I, I like the year round action. Um, honestly, it's 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 great to be engaged in like trade discussions uh in in may and it kind of keeps you uh i I think when we were doing just before we were doing this and before we were doing um just redraft leagues uh you kind of stop paying attention for a while right i mean there's a situation where you're not really looking at nfl because you know you don't really need to worry about it until you know, probably August at the very earliest. Um, now, you know, we're engaged year round. So I think it prepares you pretty well, uh, not only for Dynasty, but also for those redraft leagues because you're paying attention. You know those names. And the other thing is, if you're doing those rookie only drafts, um, I, I know this has happened to me uh, in some of my other leagues. You, you hear about players that not a lot of other people have heard about. And the one that comes to mind is Alvin Kamara. And, you know, when Alvin Kamara first kind of came into the league, I was like, who is this guy? Never even heard of him. And it was first time I heard him was at our rookie draft. Uh, And so I uh, grabbed him in another league and it it ended up being a spectacular pick for me, even that rookie season. So uh, I I like that it keeps you engaged year round. I I like that you have to kind of pay attention all the time. I like that it's always a there's always a trade to be had no matter what time of year it is um and i also like just the kind of the puzzle of trying to put a team together for that's going to be viable for not just one season but multiple seasons yeah that's a lot of the same things it's it's the year round i feel like i've become way more educated um, right. on how to manage teams period with doing a dynasty league because yeah you're doing research and you're forcing yourself to value players um, so I think that helps, uh, too, when you're going redraft, you know, how early do I want to take a rookie player that I think highly of in dynasty leagues that, you know, now we're in redraft leagues or, you know, boy, I was looking to move this player for this player, but because of X factors, you know, maybe that forces you to think different, you know, in your other leagues when you're doing other drafts. So yeah, the year round right. aspect of it, um, I'll be honest, in the league that we inherited the team, trading is more difficult than it should be, which surprises me. Right. I I feel, and this is one of the things that I have trouble with in the league, it's hard, and we came into it after the fact, so we picked up a team after the fact, so I don't know if there were... You know, situations where players got burned and now they're super protective. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, there there has been some trouble getting trades to go through. And I, I know we're in the middle of trade discussion, so that could all change here this year. But it's been tough trading uh, in this yeah. league. Yeah. Um, so, you know, depending on your league, that's one thing that could hamper because really, like I said, you, you don't really have waivers. Um that you can really dig yourself out of mistakes. So, you know, if it is a league that maybe doesn't do trades, that that could hamper it a little bit. I'm hoping that opens up a little bit more uh, this year. But, I mean, it it's enjoyable. It's a different slant on how to play fantasy football. So the year-round thing is probably the biggest difference that I like about it. So um, I was just going to ask, Dan, what, what do you not like about Dynasty Leagues in comparison? 
Is there anything uh, that you're like, eh, uh, I'm not a fan of this part of it? Uh, uh, I mean, the only thing I don't like is, um, frankly, when, when teams get stacked. Um, it, it gets to a point where one team is just so dominant, it kind of takes you out of... Uh, I get that there's always a chance anything can happen, but let's be honest, when you have a, a team or two that has you know five or six of the top wide receivers on a team, it, it gets kind of frustrating because there's no way for those players to get put back in the in, in into the kitty essentially. So I mean that can be frustrating, um, especially because you also have to almost rely on people to take care of their own team. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's a situation where, um, you know, in hindsight, maybe it's a good move for them. Um, but at the same time, it's got to be I, – I think you have to think in terms of – Keeping the league competitive doesn't make sense for me to do this. Um, I don't think a lot of people think like that. And frankly, there are times where we probably don't either. Um, but that's the one thing that gets frustrating, especially because if you're not the team winning. Yeah. <laughs> if you're the team that's winning, you don't care. I mean, you're doing exactly what you should be doing. Um, but, you know, I think it's more fun when everyone's a little bit evenly matched. Um, the other thing is, is that, you know, I, we're living in a time where you have to be uh, always kind of aware of what's going on in the NFL. Um, and how I say that is, is that off the field issues now um, are, are more prevalent than I can remember. And the punishments and, getting heavier and, and the punishments are getting heavier. So let's just take one, one player in particular, for example, um, Tyreek Hill, uh, you and I are owners of Tyreek Hill. Uh, we were very excited about it last year. Uh, that was the one player that we, you and I were like, I can't believe we fell into this Tyreek Hill situation. Um, last year he kind of had a breakout season and we were very excited and kind of expecting him to kind of lead our back, our wide receiving core for, you know, ever, frankly, uh, and then all the off the field issues have. So now you're not going to, it's not a redraft situation where you can say, okay, well, I'll take a 10th round flyer on him to see if he comes back. Now it's how are we going to adjust uh, to not having a wide receiver one on our team anymore. And and that's frustrating. And, and, and well. Dan, so this is something to think about. Did uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Did we not get an offer of Joe Mixon for Tyreek Hill? Yes. Yeah. So uh, this is the thing. At that point in time... It was like, no, this guy was the number one wide receiver in all of football, and he's 23, 24, 25, something right. like that. Yeah. This guy's going to be dominant for at least the next five years. Right. And now in retrospect... We should have done it. <laughs> yeah, so that, that that's the thing. I mean, you just, th- this it, is where as a, as a team, you know, Dan and I both said there's absolutely no way, but in retrospect, I mean, you can't foresee this type of stuff happening, but, you know, in Dynasty, that might have made a in retrospect a great deal for us but I still don't think at that point in time we would have ever even considered it that we no. could, because you're getting the number a guy coming off the number one wide receiver season but Absolutely. in theory we're probably not going to have him this year and who knows what's going to happen to him he's more than likely going to get released if all this plays out the way it sounds like it will and we're hoping that next year he comes back and everything's back to normal but who knows it might never be that way and that's the other thing about dynasty is that I, I think it's a it's more challenging because I, I, you really have to think about this now in terms of how are we, how are we going to be able to figure this out and, and it, it completely changed our draft strategy it completely changed kind of what we were thinking about trying to do on the off season trade wise it completely changed um, kind of what we wanted to go into this draft uh, wanting to do and uh, I mean yeah it really threw a wrench in the gears and at least now with Dynasty you have months to think about it but at the same time in redraft leagues you don't even have to think about it I mean no one's probably even taking a, a look at Tyreek Hill past the 10th round now right and you know who knows? Who knows? And, and frankly, I, I have Tyreek Hill on a on another dynasty team uh, or on in my sights in another in another dynasty league. And, and I'm going to see if I can 
snag him for people selling low right now myself. So we'll yep. see what happens. Yeah, so I posted that question out on Twitter, Dan. I said, you know, what, what do you like, don't like about Dynasty League? FF Pizza Man re- responded with loves getting a jump on rookies coming out of the redraft season in August, September, and hate. I hate being the commissioner of the league, <laughs> so I, I get I get that being a commissioner as well. And then at Fantasy Football Connect, uh, love the long term strategy. The fact that it forces you to trade basically everything. He may enjoy rebuilding the most. So we're sort of in that flux, Dan. Of are we rebuilding? Or are we not? So thanks, guys, for sharing some insight on that. So Dan. Why don't you tell the listeners, what dynasty leagues are we both in? I'll I'll go first here. Um, So Dan and I, um, like we said, for the past three years, uh, we co-own a team where we picked it up after the fact. So we were not a part of the original draft. We were very fortunate that the team that we inherited did the right thing because it was a garbage team but picked up a ton of draft picks. Now... Lesson learned on our end is we, I don't think we did the the best that we could have with those draft picks, at, at, you know, as the years have gone by. Right. Um, so we had the ability to get Joe Mixon, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Mike Williams, and I believe Jamal Williams within the first 15 picks of a 10-team league. Yeah. Um, so it was great for season one. I mean, we've been in the playoffs every year we've been in it, but... Um, you know, our team makeup, you know, we forced ourselves into trading Joe Mixon for AJ Green, which at the time we needed another one. AJ was hurt. Could this be a bounce back year? It's, it's well within his realm of possibities. Um, but, um, you know, Mike Williams, we bought into the, and, and I, it was probably more me at the time. Martavis Bryant coming back to the Steelers. Mike Williams was having the back issues. Now, Mike Williams was not a factor at all his rookie season, and Martavis ended up being a disaster. So I think from there, uh, we sort of learned okay, we can't just treat this. We, we try to go win now because we thought we had the team with the draft. Picks. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was our. Uh, I, I think patience is probably one of the things that we've learned the most right? Um, from these first couple years of playing Dynasty together. Um, I think both of us are kind of like, if we have a chance to win, we're going to try to win right now. And frankly, I, I liked the team. And, you know, it, but for, you know, Derrick Henry going off this year and, and him sitting on our bench. I, I mean, in I, theory, if we play him, Dan, we're possibly sneaking into the championship in right. retrospect. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's, it's just, I, I think it was a situation where we were just... We're, we're being too aggressive, right. if, it, if that makes sense. Well, Dan, why don't you and, go over the trade we did last year? For the listeners that have been listening, you know what this is. But last year, I think, was the year where we finally said, we need to really take a, a slower pace with this thing. Why don't you go over the trade we made last year? <laughs> You're talking about LaShawn McCoy? Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah. We, we traded our first-round draft pick for LaShawn McCoy. Uh, I don't think we thought that we would get a player that we were targeting. I think we had the f- sixth, fifth pick, something like that. That. Yeah, and we could have had Sony Michelle, who who is both the the one guy that he and Bob and I were both like, if he falls, we're grabbing him because we were we were both very interested in him. Um, even though that Patriots backfield can be a little bit by committee, but he came in and was dominant this season. And frankly, I like him a lot this year in redraft leagues too. But uh, I, I just never thought he would actually fall to us. Um, and that was just, and uh, he did, he would have. Uh, and instead, we we were saying, oh, you know what, Lashawn McCoy, rookie quarterback, he he should be. And he had a nice year the year before, uh, and then he had off the field issues. Uh, it turned out to not really be anything. Uh, and, and you know, but then he went on to have like the worst year of his career. Whereas I think if Shady has a shady year not the worst gear he's ever had in the history of his play in the NFL. We're in a much different position and the must, we have a much different opinion of that trade. Um, but at the same time, now you look at our backfield and we are a little old. That's right. So we're, we're a little old in the backfield right now. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of the problem. You know, we went for a win now because like I said, we had made it into the playoffs 
thought, you know, Shady McCoy could solidify, uh, you know, rookie. He's probably going to get work to the bone. This might be his last year. Uh, still has some things left in the tank. Let's go, Dan, and try to win this thing now. And now we're in that weird spot of what do we do? So before we'll get into that in a second. But um, as far as what other leagues uh, that I'm in, uh, I'm going to talk about my team a little bit further. Just started in a... Uh, new startup dynasty league um so it's a 12 team league started up from scratch um so i'll go over that team in de- uh, detail so it was good to see it from beginning 10 because i could strategize how i wanted to put my team together dan what uh what leagues are you also in outside of the one we share yeah i'm in one other dynasty league with a bunch of guys i went to uh undergrad with and we did a this would be year three of that league as well uh and uh we did a, a fresh redraft and uh, i took the strategy where we i we had just done our first rookie draft you and i and uh so I, I took a bit of the strategy from that and then peppered in some rookies with some with some uh you know some long-term young players and, and ended up with a pretty darn good team but I, i'm hurting and hurting for wide receivers right now uh but actually craig uh, is also in that league with me, uh, and, and he went the exact opposite. He treated the <coughs> dynasty draft uh, as a rookie dynasty draft, so he took a bunch of rookies. Um, he sunk money into Kamara and Fournette and and those guys early. Uh, so you know, we're, well, you know, the running backs weren't that bad. His receivers were kind of rough, and his team was looking pretty rough. Uh, that first season because he didn't have really, you know, those were years where he didn't really have many established NFL caliber talent players on that team. Uh, but now his team's looking nasty with all the rookies who are starting to hit and come into their stride. So uh, I, I think that's kind of, whereas I did mine a little bit more of a mix and I'm hurting now. And, but I've, I've not traded any of my draft picks. I've just kept kind of being steady and young. My first pick last year was Sony Michelle. Um, and so it, it's a situation where I think you, there's two draft strategies there. And one was, I'm going to try to see if I can win this thing now and stay young. The other one was, uh, whether, purposely or not was just kind of focused on the future and uh his team looks better than mine right now frankly (laughs) yeah when we go for my draft there was a team that that did that strategy said i'm looking more future picture so so dan what is your strategy when approaching a startup dynasty uh league draft do you try to build now do you move towards the future is it a blend what, what, what was it sound like you wanted to try to go more a blend yeah I did more of a blend and it was frank frankly it was just a little bit of who what players are available at the time uh, so if we look at last year's draft uh, someone like San Juan Barkley uh, I've, I feel in hindsight I know I was I was wrong about San Juan Barkley but in hindsight uh, I wouldn't. I would not fault anybody taking Sanquan Barkley first round of a dynasty draft because now he's in his second year of a uh, NFL career, and it's going to be a situation where um, he's got at, at least eight or nine years left. You think? To me, he's uh, the number and, one draft pick. Right. Right now, I think he, overall redraft. You know, first draft dynasty leagues, I think you need to look San Juan Barkley probably number one because he's the youngest running back. And then I think you go – I think then it plays out typically like any other redraft league would play out. Um, Zeke, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, those, t- those types of guys. And then you start probably getting into your wide receivers and things like that. Um, but I, I also think that in redraft leagues, there are players that you'll tend to reach for. Uh, I really like this guy. I want to have him this year so – even though most of the time you can get him in the eighth, I'm taking him in the sixth. I think in redraft leagues you can do that because you really—it's only really a one-year mistake. Yeah, right. In dynasty dynasty leagues can't do it. You you have to be really kind of not ready. You just kind of have to be cognizant of who you're going after because it could be a—it's not going to be a one-year mistake. It could be a five-year mistake or or an eight-year mistake or someone who you're going to have to just drop and then you need to fill that roster spot with somebody else. Um, and, and I don't ever look at defenses or anything like that. 
Uh, and in fact, I don't think our dynasty leagues even have kickers. So those are kind of out. And uh, I really like to load up on the young running backs and the top tier receivers early on. Um, and I probably would like, I would look, I look to younger rookie year one, year two receivers later in the draft to try to steal some. Um, but those top tier wide receivers, I think are harder to come by than the top tier running backs. I think running back reloads a little bit quicker in dynasty, whereas you have to let those receivers marinate a little bit, catch onto the system and kind of hit their stride. Uh, so I think those guys are hard to come by guys like Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, um, even stalwarts like, for 10 years. Yeah. Odell Beckham, things like that. You're going to get more time out of those receivers. Uh, so I, I'd like to get a, an established running back. And then if I can't get that, I'll, I'll grab somebody like, uh, Odell Beckham or something like that. So I get like 10 years of elite receiving out of somebody. And then frankly, it's a situation where you can pepper in picks like guys, like we were talking about earlier, Devonta Freeman. Uh, you don't know how much kind of, how much viable fantasy action you're going to get out of him. But if I could get two years, I like this year. yeah, right. I like, if I can get two years out of him and then reload in the, in the draft coming after that, why not take a shot on him? So, whereas maybe in, you know, redraft leagues, you're probably seeing him going in, I don't know, third or fourth round, maybe. Right. Uh, now you should probably, you can wait on that guy. Cause he's probably not on many people's radar um, because you're thinking more, there's a more long-term approach to your draft, and that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, so I'm going to go over my team here in, in just a couple of minutes, but I my goal was get two elite young players that are producing right now and then blend in young and, and proven as the draft goes on. So I'll go over my right. team in a little bit, but I, I like – I want guys that are producing now because I, I, when I'm in a league, I want to try to win if at all possible. I'm not in here to eh, maybe I will, maybe I'm trying to win first right. and foremost. Yeah. But also with this one, I had, I had a glimpse into the future through my first nine rounds, and then as round ten, that's when I started sprinkling in the veterans that will uh, provide some stability if needed. So, and I think in those new like if you're if you're doing your first di- this is the the, the 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 draft that kind of kicks off the dynasty league. Yeah, I, I think you can do that. You can be aggressive um, and still set yourself up because it's not only rookies. When you're in just the rookie draft, it, it kind of it limits your team a lot, um, as it should. But you know, when you're getting that first draft, I think you can be aggressive in terms of who you're going after uh, and try to take the win now and approach and get that first win under your belt for, in the first year of the league. Yep. So, Dan, how do you approach rookie drafts? Um, you know, th- those are a little bit different because you're really only dealing with a yeah. pool of rookies and maybe a veteran here or there that maybe just slipped into waivers that could be available. You know, uh, in our league that we split, we, we have the ability to, you know, draft a player if if needed, that we, if we just don't like a rookie. Um, right. So <clears throat> this year we're in the five spot, and really we need – Running back, wide receiver, and tight end. You know, we, we originally <laughs> we originally went in just saying we're going to address our running back and tight end, and then Tyreek Hill happened, and it's like, hmm. So now we need everything, and, right? And, and this year, uh, in my opinion, if uh, if you're not in the first two, you're not getting two of the what I think are running backs that can produce pretty much immediately, or maybe a third in there, um, right? Between. Jacobs, Montgomery, and Miles Sanders, uh, if you want to throw Sanders in there, although Philly's a little crowded as far as that's concerned. So I think after that, it becomes where the wide receivers become prevalent. So um, originally we wanted to go in running back, tight end, but uh, to me, I don't think you can necessarily have a strategy unless if you've got one of the first two, three picks because you really don't have control over who's going to be at your position, really. Yeah, and, uh, you know... Uh, the way I kind of see the the rookie drafts playing out is, you need, if if there are studs out there, uh, like the last two years, uh, there's been a elite like once in a lifetime type player there. Um, last year was Sanquan Barkley, so yeah. the value of that number one pick is through the roof because you know they're not going anywhere else. I mean, you're not getting anyone else but Sanquan Barkley, and I think if you would look back at this... Um, the previous year, would that have been Fournette? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so Fournette, the pre- McCaffrey, the, Mixon. The previous year, there was a, a, just so much running back <clears throat> talent coming out. This year? Um, mm. Yeah, there's really two. I mean, this is just a, a – I mean, and that's the other thing about Dynasty is that the talent's going to ebb and flow. Um, whereas I think the in our even in our redraft league after that draft two years ago with Fournette and McCaffrey and things like that, um, there were a lot of those guys showing up in your redraft league – on your on teams and stuff like that people who are kind of saying okay well i i think this guy's going to be good right away uh same thing with san Juan barkley i, I don't think there's going to be v- very many guys showing up in your redraft league outside those two running backs this year in this year to me dan uh, it's I, I don't necessarily say yep i see a superstar somewhere here like i, right. I just think there could be very good sure possibly great here and there but this is a year yeah where i mean uh, I'd love to get into the first two picks if I could um, to guarantee one of those running backs. Right. But if not, it's I think we're just best player available. And, and yeah. it's the way I would think I would handle this rookie draft is screw it. I mean, <clears throat> we've got three positions that we need to address. I'm not addressing tight end in the fifth pick. Um, <laughs> if a running no. back falls, great. If not, we're, we're more than likely taking whatever receiver. we think is the best wide yeah. receiver. And the other thing is, is that you you can get diamonds in the rough there. Like, you know, let's be honest, I'm like Antonio Brown. Um, but those are few and far between. And, and honestly, here's so I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but here's the diamond no. in the rough conversation. Here's what we've done on waivers. We've we've done better in waivers somehow than we have managing our draft. So first year, um, first year in waivers, I don't think we really attacked it. But in the past two years, we've gotten Mitch Trubisky, Josh Allen, Valdez Scantling, Traquan Smith. I think. I, I think Traquan is actually somebody we drafted. We drafted like fourth round. So we've yeah, got, we've got Tyler Boyd. So. I mean, it's weird. Whenever the draft gets close to being over, I immediately like talk to Dan and say, "Hey, I think we should pick up X, Y, and Z." Yeah, we got Matt yep. Breda the one year too, and last year yep. he was a guy yep. that we played every week pretty much. Yep. Yeah, and now he's in that mess of a uh, San Francisco backfield. But at the same time, the other thing is, is that you can wait out bad situations when you have players that have talent. And that's another thing that I think you and I both like about Dynasty. You can like the player uh, and you can wait out bad situations. So, yeah, Matt Breda is in a pretty rough running back situation right now. But at the same time, Jarek McKinnon was as well, just a couple of years ago. It was a situation where he was with the Vikings. They drafted Dalvin Cook. And, you know, now McKinnon's on the outside looking in. Uh, then all of a sudden he gets, you know, signs with the 49ers. And now, you know, McKinnon's a hot commodity again. Um and I think, I think like Brandon that. has the talent to still win this out if he's healthy, which, you know. Sure. So, and that's the beauty of it. It's a situation where if, you know, for some reason, Breda, you know, let's be honest, Tevin Coleman, uh, who knows what's going to happen with him. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, there's injury concern there. So if Breda steps up in some way, somehow is the number one. And we don't really know what that offense is going to look like with Jimmy G coming back. Uh, so it, it could really turn into a, a good situation for us. But if Breda leaves in free agency, uh, you don't give him up you keep with him yeah. uh so if he goes to a situation that they need a running running game uh you know you're in a much better situation um so it, it's the player you own uh even if they're in murky situations you have the chance to write it out um and if they get put in a better spot that can be helpful but also it can hurt you uh, i think a lot of people were thinking okay i'm going to get a number of years with of Antonio Brown with Ben Roethlisberger uh, being pretty much the number one overall receiver in the league uh, off the field you know craziness happens uh, he wants out he leaves and now he's on the Raiders which I think hurts his value personally but uh, the good comes with the bad and that's a good another good thing about Dynasty is that you can write out bad situations to see what happens right so Dan let's close it up uh, I know we wanted to review sort of how my startup went um so it gives a peek into a startup dynasty draft and what i'll do is i'll go over the first round entirely and just read off the picks yeah and i'll focus in on my team and you know just some other teams that, that maybe i like and, and we can go back and forth on that so any really bizarre picks like what the hell was that 
Uh, I'm looking through it right now. Um, well, let, let me read off the first round and sort of get yeah, your thoughts here. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. number one, Saquon Barkley. Two, Zeke Elliott. Three, Christian McCaffrey. Pretty normal. Yeah. Uh, four, DeAndre Hopkins. Five, Alvin Kamara. Six, Michael Thomas. So, I was in the seventh spot, and immediately mm-hmm. I jumped for joy because Odell Beckham, who could yeah, be no the kidding. best dynasty wide receiver, yeah, just for age and upside. So, I want Odell Beckham. Followed by Devontae Adams, Juju Smith-Schuster, Todd, Gur- Todd Gurley as the 10th pick, Julio Jones, right. and Joe Mixon. I'll be honest with you. I I get I, – I'm a little surprised about the Juju Smith-Schuster in the first round of the Dynasty draft. Um, I, I, I don't know if that's a hometown fella. Um, uh, yeah, but- I think with his handle name, he's from Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, that makes, that makes a lot more sense now. Um, I, is that, uh, and I could be wrong and he, he very well could be a, a, a number one, uh, overall receiver for several years to come, but we've only really seen kind of two years of him. It, it seems pretty, uh, risky and maybe it's just a situation where it's a hometown fella and you just want to well, have him forever. Well, that age is on his side too. I mean, he's right. ultra young and I mean, the thinking is, when Big Ben has a number one wide receiver, he's yeah. hyper-focused on him. Yeah. Um, but this is going to be the year where he's the man. Now, one thing I do uh, think debunks that a little bit is the fact that in the games where he was without Antonio Brown, I remember him having great games. So it, it's just – I think it's a combination of youth. I think it's a combination of if you're from Pittsburgh, it's going to be fun to ride with a guy that you get to watch all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I probably still wouldn't want Julio, but I, I think when you're this, I think this player said, okay, we've got a young guy here that I could have for the next ten years as ten my years, number one right. wide receiver. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was that was the one that I was kind of just like, whoa. I mean, I I would have not been surprised to see him in that second round. Just in the in the first round, I was a little bit surprised by that. What, but, what, what about Todd Gurley at ten? We talked about him. Your startup. Yeah. He's your first pick. Yeah, I mean, hype. Well, he's he's getting the very next pick at the turn, right? It's a so, twelve team, so no. Oh, oh, my, my, my. So he's got five yeah. more picks. I mean, I, I don't hate it there, um, and actually, I don't hate it there at all. Uh, I get it's dynasty, so you're thinking long term, but at the same time, I I think he's just such a high quality caliber player. Uh, I'd feel good getting there, getting him there, for sure. So, Dan, here's where my eyes started to perk up. Uh, First pick of the second round was Mike Evans, followed by David Johnson. I'm sitting there. I'm one, two, three, four picks away, and I'm saying, boy, Melvin Gordon's still on the board. Yep. How do I get in him? So I engage. This is where Dynasty's fun. I engage with the person with the third pick in the 10th round. Or, I'm sorry, in the second round. He was the 10th pick overall. And I said, hey, if Melvin Gordon falls to you, which he did, what would it take to get him? Mm-hmm. And we engaged in conversations. He said, I'll tell you what. If Nick Chubb falls to you and you take Nick Chubb, I will trade you Melvin Gordon straight up. Well, that's a nice trade. So I like that trade. I was able to flip Nick Chubb, who was the sixth pick in the second round to get Melvin Gordon. For anybody that's listened, I've never had stakes in Melvin Gordon, always have wanted. So when he started slipping into the second round, that was when I made my first trade and said, boy, if I could start with a pairing of Odell Beckham and Melvin Gordon, I'm going to be pretty damn excited. No kidding. And that's a, I, I like that trade too. Uh, I think that's fair for both of you guys. Yeah, I mean, he's getting, in theory, the younger player. I just like Melvin Gordon's game overall. And right. I didn't think he'd make it out of the first, to be honest with you. I, I really didn't. And when he p- started falling, I'm like, boy, he's within range. Because the guy that picked right behind me, uh, good old 781s in this league, for, for the people that are in our <laughs> league of record. 781. He, he made a nice Four, aggressive yeah. trade where he mortgage future and said all right i want to get back into the second round and he picked dalvin cook and levy on bell back to back so his team was Devontae adams levy on bell dalvin cook so i said i need to get melvin gordon that's when i started yeah because i was worried about what he was going to do because we've been in leagues together for a decade now so i sort of understand 
the thought least, process. Yeah. So that's where I want Melvin Gordon. So after that, um, the third round, seventh pick, I was able to get on Johnson. So you're going to see me going a little young now. So on Johnson was the seventh pick of the third round. I followed that up in the fourth round with Chris Godwin. So now I've got a pairing of Odell, Melvin Gordon, on Johnson, Chris Godwin. So I've got two elite producers already and then two young producers that have the upside to produce as elite was yeah. my mentality there yeah i mean it's one of those things you're, you're doing i think the mix of uh you know elite established talent um with what appears to be growing into elite talent but is going to be in the league for a much longer period of time yep so fifth round came along and i had inquiries to move back uh, there wasn't anybody really that once Nikhil Harry went right before me I was like eh there's not really anybody I was looking at Mike Williams he went uh, like four picks ahead of where I was going to pick so I had a guy that wanted to move up he took Miles Sanders so I traded back one two three four picks and before the news of Doug Baldwin broke in that fifth round I was able to take Tyler Lockett with the 11th pick of the fifth round so I've got Odell Beckham paired with Chris Godwin and Tyler Lockett leading my receiving core. So young, but Tyler Lockett's going to be the number one. So I, yeah, let's, and, and Tyler Lockett is now finally going to get his chance to be the the solo guy or the main guy there. Um, so so that is an interesting. Uh, I like the pairings so far. In the sixth round, sixth pick, I took Tariq Cohen. In the seventh mm. pick. I took Evan Ingram of the seventh round. That's where I said, all right, I've got a young tight end. I'm just going to ride this guy and see where it goes. Right. In the eighth round, sixth pick, first uh, real true rookie, Miko Hardman, with the news of Tyreek. And Tyreek went right before me. I actually thought about taking Tyreek, but 781 uh, got him right before me. Yeah. I said, you know what? I'm screwed. I'm going to go Hardman and see what happens. I mean, if he becomes even Tyreek Hill light, I'll be okay with that. Yeah, no kidding. In the ninth round, seventh pick, I took Ronald Jones, who it can't get any worse. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a flyer <laughs> on a young guy that's basically going to be a rookie. I mean, he barely played last year. And I think a lot of people are expecting him to have a bounce back year this year. So um, I think there's a, a good chance for that that pick to actually pay off for you there, Bob. And then in the eighth round, I forgot, with that trade I made for the guy that I believe took Miles Sanders, I got his... Um, uh, eighth round pick and I took Russell Wilson as my quarterback so um, <clears throat> in the 10th round uh, here's where I started trying to get more uh, guys I think can just help this year I took Golden Tate I did not have a pick in the um, 11th round I traded out of that uh, in the 12th round I made a trade I didn't want my 12th round pick and I was able to obtain Austin Eckler to back up Melvin Gordon Melvin Gordon my investment there and the 13th pick Traquan Smith 14th uh, round I took Josh Allen as my second quarterback so I'm happy mm. with that yeah that's a nice dynasty pick right there for sure 15th round Deion Lewis uh, the 16th round I did not have a pick because that was one I gave up to get Austin Eckler 17th round, Deshaun Jackson, who I think can help a lot this year. It's a help now, yep. 18th round, Ian Thomas, tight end from the Panthers to do more of a long-term pairing with Evan Ingram. 19th round, Travion Williams, running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, who could be the number two behind Joe Mixon. 20th round, Andy Dalton, just to give uh, another established guy there as my third quarterback. Here's where I started taking flyers. 21st round, Josh Gordon. Just in case he gets reinstated and gets on the Patriots, who knows? Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, defense and kickers I took in the next three rounds. Don't have to go in that in detail. 25th round, Greg Olson. Just to pair Greg. with uh, Ian Thomas. If he plays one more year, that's protection against my tight end core. Right. 26th round, Cole Beasley. 27th round, Kenneth Dixon. Followed by Eli Rogers. Another kicker, because for some reason everybody was taking multiple, so I didn't want to get stuck there. <laughs> 30th round, Devontae Booker, running back the Broncos. Yeah. 31st round, Jesse James, tight end Detroit. 32nd round, Chris Hogan of the uh, Panthers. 33rd round, Cameron, Cameron Meredith, New Orleans. 34th round, Andre Ellington, Tampa Bay. 35th round, Mo Alley-Cox, uh, tight end Indy, just in case Jack Doyle is another injury away from being out for a while. Right. 
36th round rookie running back Detroit Ty Johnson, so I backed up carry on Johnson. 37th round wide receiver Anthony Johnson, Tampa Bay. 38th round Wendell Smallwood, running back Philadelphia. 39th round Martavis Bryant, why not at that point? <laughs> Who else is there? And with my last pick, I just picked Robert Griffin the third, just in case Lamar Jackson gets dinged up. Goes down, right. So, Dan, initial thoughts. First, if you could say, how long did this draft take you, Bob? Uh, I think it was three and a half weeks because we did a slow draft. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I don't know if many people know about that format either. It's a situation where your, your draft can take you multiple weeks. Um, personally, as uh, as we've talked about, patience is not necessarily a strong suit for me. Uh, that would drive me crazy. But yeah. <laughs> it's... Uh, I mean, to me, I think you have really kind of set yourself up for a win-now scenario and also uh, have a chance to kind of build on the future. I I don't think you're going to have a lot of dead seasons there like some of those teams in in our other Dynasty League can have some dead seasons here and there. One team I'm thinking about in particular. Yeah, that was the goal was I want to try and win this year because who – I mean, that's another thing. You don't know the commitment of people that have bad teams. So, right. uh, yeah, as much and as I want to play for the future, I also want to have a chance of winning now. And that's the other thing about Dynasty League is that you have to have an established group of guys uh, who are going to be in this thing for multiple years. Um, or you're basically, I mean, if you're setting yourself up for uh, uh, a Dynasty League and, and no one's in it in the next year, you've wasted <laughs> all those draft picks and all that stuff on it on a future season that's never going to happen. Yeah, so we had one team. He actually traded his first and second round pick. So his first pick was pick six of the third round, Aaron Jones. But he's I think he's got multiple firsts next year and the year after. So we were even trading up to 2021. So this was a team that <clears throat> basically, I think, pretty much punted on this season and i just don't get i i don't get that in a brand new dynasty format like if you're if you're new to if it's a brand new league why are you looking two or three years down the line that just doesn't make any sense to me yeah and he was the pick right before me so in theory he could have started with you know something like michael thomas james connor odell beckham james connor Devontae adams james connor something like that or Right, and it's a situation now where if you look at that team, uh, who's on it? It's it's just like uh, I don't get it. Yeah, like, why I, can, are you- I can go over that here. Let me uh, and and to the gentleman who did that team, we're just using it as a point of reference here. So right, uh, let me go ahead here to the league. And we'll go over his team here. Where are we at? I mean, at the same time, that same uh, strategy was used by somebody in my dynasty league, and his his team now is pretty formidable. Uh, so, so yeah, here here's his his starting lineups not too bad. So, I mean, if these rookies or second year players produce, so Carson Wentz, Damian, nice. Damian Williams, okay, Derrick Henry, hmm. Christian Kirk, Dante Pettis, Nikhil Harry, so. Banking on the youth. At yeah, receiver. banking on the youth. I mean, let's be honest. If, if any of those guys hit this season, he could be competitive for sure. Um, but let's just say two years from now, you look at that team, uh, that team could be just kind of unstoppable. I mean, it, yeah, really, those, if those players so, all pan out. And then right. he's, he's got Noah Fant, Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake, Devin Funches. So, I mean, those are the skill players that he has pretty much sitting in his – uh, so yeah, I mean, if he gets those rookie or second round, uh, second year wide receivers to produce, and he's got all that draft capital, that's where he won that strategy. And if it pays off, he could be good. Yeah, this, for sure. this year, if it doesn't pay off, he may have just punted on this year. So that's the strategy you have to take here. But at the same time, I, I think we both like Dante Pettis. Uh, I think that's a, a smart pick because I think he walks into a number one scenario. Right. And if you have him. You also have Jimmy G, um, which is a situation where you're now you're going to have those guys paired together for quite a few years. Uh, so, you know, that's a lot of I think that's a lot of risk, more risk that I guess I'm comfortable with, uh, but also high reward for a lot of years to come if those rookies hit like he thinks they will. I'll go over, Dan, just a couple more teams that I, I like what they did. This guy has Patrick Mahomes. David Johnson, Josh Jacobs, Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, Corey Davis, uh, Cook, the tight end from <clears throat> New Orleans, Josh Howard, Naheem Hines, 
Chris Herndon. I mean, he's uh, he might not have moved players into where he wanted, but right. those first five players, his core players, are pretty solid. Yeah, very solid. Yeah, I I think you know. The one thing that makes me wonder is like, where do you put someone like Patrick Mahomes at? You know what I mean? So where did, if you don't mind me asking, where did Mahomes go in the draft? I believe it was second round. And you see, that's the that's the other thing. Even in redraft leagues, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Mahomes go in the second round these days for some reason. But uh, like that's, a, I think that's a, a brilliant place to take that guy because you don't have to worry about quarterback for. 10 years now you, you don't even have to give it a second thought uh in in your rookie drafts you don't ever have to worry about it uh for five or six years now and it's a situation where you're getting somebody who's just setting the league on fire i mean i feel like getting aaron Rodgers in his second year yeah you know what i mean that that's what we're kind of thinking about uh so i'm not surprised uh i would have been surprised if you went in the first round um Eh, not actually not that shocked, but uh, second round is, I think, a, a brilliant move to take somebody uh, that you're, you're the longevity is there. You can just set it and forget it with um, yeah, Mahomes for, there for sure. 12 years plus. Right. Dan, right. I'll just read over two more teams real quick that I like what they did. This one, Deshaun Watson, Zeke Elliott, James Conner, Antonio Brown, Amari Cooper, Sammy Watkins, Trey Burton, Burton <clears throat> Miles Sanders, Kiki QT. And Kenny uh, Stills, so thrills Stills. That that's a that's a that feels like a win now team. Yeah, a little bit. That 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 feels like a win now team. And the other thing is, is that it's a win now team, but with some young talent on it too. Yeah. Um. So you got James Conner, you've got Zeke. Those are established running backs that you're gonna have for a number of years. You got an established um quarterback. So this is only the third year of Deshaun Watson. So you're getting a long term. Uh, <laughs> a long-term tenure out of that guy. Um, I, I think his – can you remember who are the receivers other than Antonio Brown again? Mari Cooper, Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Watkins getting a little long in the tooth. But uh, I, I like the Amari Cooper pick, especially now that he's out of uh, <coughs> Oakland. And one last team. Um this is our buddy, uh, 781. 781. I think Man, 781 making moves. I like those moves, too. Yeah, here, Matt Ryan, Le'Veon Bell, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Adams, A.J. Green, Tyreek Hills currently in his slot, but I'm sure he'll be moved out if that suspension hits. Eric Ebron, Jarvis Landry, Lamar Miller, Tyler Boyd. So I think he went win now, too. Yeah, he also saved, like, so whenever you said A.J. Green, I'm like, Dynasty, kind of a risky pick, getting a little long in the tooth there, but I think he definitely covered himself by grabbing Tyler Boyd because I think, you know, as we saw last year, if, if Green gets hurt, Boyd kind of slots himself in there and is very productive. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a win-now team, um, but also – uh, it's a win now team, but with youth. So that that's a nice mix as well. So I think he actually took a similar kind of approach that you did, Bob. So yeah. uh, maybe a little bit more aggressive in terms of his running backs, but Lev Bell um, and Dalvin Cook, heck of a backfield, and Devontae Adams, you're a big fan of that guy for sure. For sure. Hey, Dan, you know how he said he's long in the tooth? I, I, just, I was like, let me check out. Sammy Watkins is only 25, which is ridiculous. <laughs> It feels like he's been in the league for like ages now. Yeah, I was just like checking. That's out. the weird like, thing about football. That's the weird thing about football is everyone's like, "Oh, that guy's so old," and then you look back, you're like, "Oh, he's actually ten years younger than me." Yeah, uh, <laughs> ouch! Reality smacks you in the face at that point. Right. So, but yeah, shout out to FF Pizza Man uh, for running this league. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I uh, just wanted to call out some teams that I was just looking at week one projections and just saying, you know, we'll read off those teams based on what. Uh, and we did that on the sleeper app, which is actually great for dynasty leagues. I mean, we were able to maneuver in and out of trade easily in this league so um, are they gonna be are they gonna maintain the uh like the the rosters for you and stuff like that because that's the other thing i think people should know about for dynasty is that uh you can actually purchase like we use the cbs 
app, uh, but you have to actually pay and they maintain your teams for you and stuff like that. Is the sleeper app going to do that for you? Yeah, or is I believe it, so. are they going to? No, I believe you could just carry this thing over and maintain. Oh, it. Nice. nice. Yeah, I'm going to bring this up to our league. I, I actually like the way this ran because I don't like ESPN's redesign, but we've been ingrained in it. So we might right. might just show people this just to get thoughts. But sure. Dan, we did a lot of dynasty discussion. I think we covered it all. So um, I'm, I'm, good, all, I'm good with where we went with this one and covered all things dynasty. So, um, Dan, next week, I think before we uh, I go out on my little vacation here, I think I might want to get into best ball. We've done a, a few best ball drafts and just talk that in a little more detail. Might reach out to our guy Ryan to see if he's available. If not, I still think I want to go over it because we've been doing a fair amount of it. So Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that's one of the other fun things. Fantasy football has just become like a year-round thing. And the other thing is, is that uh, it's not only you know a way to make make an extra some extra coin and stuff like that. It keeps you in touch with everybody. It keeps you in touch with your friends. It gives you things to uh, you know talk about randomly on a Friday night when no one's doing anything. Hey, you want to do a best ball draft? Uh, so the draft app has been beautiful for that we've actually done a couple here and there we've had some free times on the weekend so uh, I'd, I'd love to do some best ball discussion and actually do a best ball draft or two uh, if we get the chance there Bobby that works for me so yeah uh, we'll do best ball next week but we're going to go ahead and close the show so as always follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotTakesFF N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F Twitter and Instagram you can email us NotTakesFF at gmail.com you can check out our podcast homepage, anchor.fm forward slash not takes FF. That's A N C H O R.fm forward slash not takes FF. You can listen to us there. Dan, we've got a few new followers directly on Anchor that I saw, which is cool to see. Um, but if you don't want to listen necessarily on that app, they've got uh, links to the 12 different platforms we're on, so you can link directly to there. For anybody that listens specifically on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. Five-star rating and review really helps. We've got a few new ratings and reviews, so for those that have done it, we really thank you for that. But any platform that you're on, please subscribe so you get the latest episodes. Dan, end it like we always do. Give a shout-out to your brother, Tom. Yeah, it's a song called Alma. It's been with us from the from the jump. Uh, it's written, performed. Uh, everything and anything about that song was done by my brother, Solo. Uh, if you like that song he's got a lot more stuff out there check out his soundcloud at that dude tom and uh thanks my man uh it's a good tune and uh it'll be with us for the long haul Bobby. for ever i figured i'd call that back from earlier so all right dan well hey enjoy being an adult today uh, oh yeah thanks bob I- i'm sure uh i'll be the one hung over regretting myself tomorrow but it should be fun <laughs> until then dan i will talk to you later Woo!